What's up, guys? Welcome back. Dean's still on hiatus, still in Boston, still cold as hell there. So today we're joined with Rob Kowalski. Hi, guys. Fuck! What? <laughs> I forgot what you do. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm a senior music business student at Rowan University. No, that's not what I do. <laughs> that's not what you do at I'm all. I'm a music producer. I'm an engineer. I'm a writer. Um, for lyrics and music, um, I play several instruments, um, and now I'm taking on trying to be the artist, uh, all writing on producing all of my own music. So that's what we're doing right now. That was originally for your capstone project in one of your classes, right? That was yeah. why you had to create an album. So they gave me a bunch of options, and they said, in order to get your degree, is what you got to do. So I was like, this one seems fun. I'm on the music business track, so it's not uh, very ordinary to, to do a big creative body for someone in, in that side of the major. But I decided to do that uh, as well as an accompanying business plan and marketing plan. Uh, and right now we're in like phase two, right before it drops. Um, but by the time <coughs> you all hear this, it'll be out. It will have been out for, I believe, two weeks, yes. <laughs> or a week and a half. So <coughs> so this is a throwback, but also a flash forward, so this is perfect for my brain that can't handle anything. Uh, what, were, what were the other projects that you could have gone with? Uh, other projects, they wanted us to start a business of some sort. Uh, like, some people in the program did a publishing company. Uh, some wanted to do different sort of beat websites that you could select and buy beats from. Um, I, th I feel like those are pretty common. Uh, I think only one other person did a, like a creative body of work. Um, but he's been an artist for a while. Um, we could have did a festival if we wanted to. They, they were going to show you how to build a concert or a festival and promote it. And you could book your talent and do... You essentially did everything by yourself. You didn't have, like, a team of friends that could have helped you or you weren't really taking it serious for your life. It's only for school. So everything is kind of varying um, with how they're going about it. That's super cool, though, especially with being able to do exactly what you want to end up doing. Absolutely. Like, I find it in half of my classes, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I remember the definition of what that is, but I don't know what that means, no, which is which is such a shame. Yeah, and, and in my opinion, a, a degree in music is not the most effective thing in the whole planet. It's still a liberal arts degree, um, but knowing the, the business behind it, uh, what's going on in the industry that you're trying to get into, I thought we could be very beneficial. So I did the production and the engineering and got my own experience there. So then I could also, I could take it to school and learn how to uh, profit off of it. So I, so I guess that leads perfectly to my next question is, what do you plan to do with said degree? Like um, what, what's, what's next step after, do you graduate in the spring? Mm -hmm. You are a senior. Mm -hmm. What's after May? Um, after May... Uh, right now, we're just applying for random jobs. Uh, I would love to work at a streaming service or a publishing company or some way that I could remain in the industry but also have a paycheck at first to support okay. what I'm doing and maybe get out of the house and just kind of move up to that new level uh, of life. Uh, hopefully, we get there. So are you going to toss um, it in grind mode and you're going to you know, do what you don't want to do while you're doing what you want to do yeah. so that you can do your own thing? Mm-hmm on the side and then make it the main? 
Mm-hmm. I feel like if I do land a cool opportunity outside of the industry, I feel like I'd have to consider it just because everyone wants like job security. Like, I did go to college. Like I do need a job afterward. Um, so hopefully we land something and I can I pray that it's within the industry so it can apply to what I really want to do, which is producing music full time or God willing be the artist uh, that people are listening to and, and writing and creating the music. Speaking of you being the artist, let's talk about Flight. Flight, yeah. Flight. It's out on, what's it, what's it out on? So it'll be out on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Snapchat will recognize it, TikTok, Tidal, YouTube. It's out on everything. Everything yeah, except SoundCloud. I was just going to ask. Mm-hmm. No, everything except SoundCloud. You guys got to pay for this one. <laughs> like, or just pay somebody else. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so what are you going to be taking away? About 32 cents by the end of this album? Probably, yeah. Probably I love about that. Probably about a whole 32 and a half cents. Um, <laughs> Which will be cool, because I don't really... That's cool. If people like the music, then I guess that's awesome. But I had a great time doing it and, and trying to really put myself in an artist's shoes and create something that people could relate to or also have fun to or uh, make them have some sort of emotional response, whether it's sad or happy. That was really fun to put myself into that character. Um, so if people end up enjoying it, that'd be awesome. Like, I feel like everyone wants people to like their work, but like I'm happy with how it came out. I'm very proud of it. And I and I know you love your work. That's that's all I, I hear do. when I'm around you, I and do. I love it too. So. I listen to my own stuff constantly because I feel like I have to be a perfectionist of sorts. Like, so you have to listen to it 106 times, and on that final time, you go, "Wait a second, yeah, absolutely. what was that little? What was that little? Did I breathe in on the track? Oh my god! A best example of that. I the album has been done for about probably two or three months now. I submitted it two weeks ago for, for streaming services and we were approved, we're good. But um, we were making changes up until the very last second. Like I don't think the interlude, the, there's, a, there's a hidden keys solo in the interlude that's so low and in the background. Unless you're like, really paying attention to the song, you're really not gonna notice it. But we added little things like that um, very last second, right, right up until the day that I posted it, just to add that extra like, We've been listening to it for a year. Like, what does it need? It's nine, it's nine songs, right? Yes, nine songs. Nine songs total. What was the original roster? So the original roster was... Uh, it was supposed to be ten tracks. And it was going to be a lot more... Poppy, I guess, in a sense. It was more mainstream pop. Uh, and we went in a more... Mixing the pop with the hip-hop. And that's kind of what I ended up wanting with some some little R&B tastes and flares here and there. But it's kind of like I could try and put it in a genre, but I don't really know what to call it. it I, I, ne- like- I never think that that's fun. I, we, we've talked about it multiple times on this specific podcast, multiple episodes, where there needs to be subgenres on Apple Music because Trippy Red is not the same as Kanye West, mm-hmm. who, who is not the same as Denzel Curry. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, some of the mass playlists, although they're incredibly popular and that they generate so much revenue because of their following, uh, they just don't hit it all the time. Especially if you're a big music person and you really want to be in one zone for a particular moment or whatever you're listening to, it's hard to go for those big playlists. Uh, but that's where I feel like Spotify has uh, a bit of an edge, not to cause a controversy. <laughs> no, I have Apple Music and I would yeah. agree. I have... Uh my friends are sharing playlists with me constantly and I have to like extract like I have to read it because I don't have the premium so I have to hit shuffle hit skip 17 times 
run out of skips and then just transfer it over to my own playlist and then call it the same thing that it's called over there. Yeah. And that's and that's the only way to do it. And they have they have so many. And don't they update what you like too? Mm-hmm. They they give you actually I think last time I checked I had four daily mixes. Okay, that's what it is. That they I, are like, really like and, and songs that I might like and they're for instance, I'm a big fan of um well, I hate to generalize this type of music, but that sad boy type rap. Really melodic hip hop music. Lots of auto tune, like I love that shit. Um so I like the teardrop is what it's called, the teardrop playlist on Spotify. Is it called Teardrop it's or is it the emoji? It's called Teardrop. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's all music that was I guess if I had to compare it to something, early Juice World type. Okay. Mixed with some of that, like, Suicide Boys, some of the, the lovier, and also some of the edgier, melodic and, and like, rough hip-hop, if, if I can call it that. Okay, so it has a range, but it's relatively... It's... You in, in a would lane. expect to hear those artists if you okay. play through the playlist, is what I'm trying to say. Nothing really shocks you, but you're pleasantly surprised when you find new music. Okay, Which that's is that's that, like that's my favorite thing. I love the new music playlist. Even on Apple, they're they're good at getting me hooked on new people. But uh, back to the album. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have you have that sound occasionally, that sad boy sound. Yeah, yeah. So there were a couple songs that got cut. Um, one of them titled "Murder," was a song that I I made the beat for, and it really reminded me of something like uh, like a Juice World might hit. So I tried to do that type of, of melody and try and be that type of artist, and it definitely showed me better how I wanted to go about that sort of sound. It didn't make the album, but it put me in the right direction to sculpting my own version of what's going on now. So it's like, yeah. So is that is that where you would say that your inspiration comes from for the sound that you were going for for the rest of it, those types of artists or um, or are you from everywhere and then you, I think, you craft i think i'm kind of pulling from everywhere because i i of course i mentioned juice a couple of times i'm a big fan of juice recipes um but also i love some of the more raw stuff like i listened to a lot of suicide boys for a while really heavy bass a big fan of, the, of that sort of sound but i also love black bear and like his crazy oh. melodies and the way that it go about that's what you meant by pop mix with hip hop with R&B yeah, flair literally yeah, that's that's a, like a, a black bear type of thing and I've always kind of loved his music like since he was doing the mansion stuff and his really early stuff and I've, I've always been a big fan of that and then there's that um like like I found Trevor Daniel everyone knows who he is right now because he has the the falling song that's like crazy on TikTok and you you would know it yeah great. no I, I know yeah. what we're talking I was just deciding whether I was gonna sing it or not <laughs> yeah it's a great song but like I've been listening to him for there's a remix with Black Bear right yeah yeah there okay is. but they're both on the same label but um shout out Alamo Records if you want to hit me up <laughs> but um uh. I was listening to Trevor like a couple years ago before he even did Falling. Like by accident. And, yeah, well, I'm a big fan of Internet Money. So they okay. had hit Trevor at first. So I was turned on to him then. And that was like a really good idea of what I wanted to sound like one day. Not his sound specifically, but like I wanted to make my own version of the wave that he might have been starting. And I feel like that sort of thing is taking off now. Like you can be a male singer with a lot of R&B flair and a lot of pop in it and kind of experiment in your own way 
and have it be really acceptable because of the different type of music that people are now coming to find really attractive. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot of emotion, uh, whether it's whether it's put into the project or not, it comes across that way. Mm-hmm. And I love hearing projects like that. And my next question is, what is your favorite either part of this album or favorite thing that you've worked on, whether that be in the last year, like m- maybe one of your first things that like, this is it, this is my favorite thing I've ever done. I think that my favorite thing I've ever, my favorite song I've ever made or had a part of making was the first song on the album, Crash. Crash, okay. With Frank. Shout out Frank Music. Um, that, to me, was... Frank has a little bit of following. Good. So <laughs> it made me really excited when he was excited about my music. Um, I've known him for a while, but we had never collaborated because I was just never at his level. Uh, he was always a couple steps ahead of me. And then this album started coming. I said, hey, I, I might need a, f- a feature or two from you. Like, I don't know what kind of sound I'm going for. We went back and forth. Eventually, I sent him the the hook and the beat for Crash. It was just a raw hook. I didn't even mix it. And he was like, you need to finish this now. I was like, okay. So we finished it. He, he laid his first verse down, and then that was it for a long time. We just sat on that. And we both thought, like, this is, like, it could potentially be a game changer if we did it right. It's a partier type track, kind of upbeat. Like you could dance to it, you could sing along to it. At least we think. And, no, no, um, definitely. Um, or at this point, I guess it was was it different a year ago or? Um, it was a lot more distorted a year ago because okay. it, it's there's so many things going on in the track. It took so long to clean it up and mix it, and it's still not there. Like the whole album does sound raw. But that I wanted to do it all myself, and that's why. Yeah, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that there are a lot of, uh, let's go with, starting out rappers is what I'm going to call them. People from like my hometown who I know, who I hear them on a grind. That's in quotation marks. But I can, I can tell that it was made in a house down the street from me. I'm like, it was... That's the acoustics of my basement right there. Like mm-hmm. the quality is just not. Yeah, there. and then but then there's people who do it for six months a year, and then they have new equipment, a new setup, and it changes. Just they buy two sound panels, and it's a, just a little different. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're one step above that, which is I can, I can tell because I know you that it was made by someone I know. But if I just heard it, like I think I was scrolling through my Instagram stories. And I heard the snippet for Crash. And I was like, wait a second, is this Rob? And then I, and then I was like, yes, it is. But you wouldn't know that it was just made by someone at, at Rowan. <laughs> that's, that's really, I think, was a really important thing to bring up. Because when I decided I wanted to try the artist thing for the project, I wanted to make songs that sounded like real songs. And not like a kid that was just trying to make music because he thought he could. Like, I wanted to actually put some skill into it and, and try and make some actually beautiful music. So when people say stuff like that, when it just sounded like a song and you did, it didn't sound like something like, oh, like, this is some beginner shit. Like, this that makes me really shit. happy because I want people to enjoy this music and be able to... to And not enjoy it just because you made it. Because that's, exactly. that's what I feel like I do a lot of the time. I do it on purpose, which is I... I don't know what the word is, but I like, I settle 
like when it's a friend of mine, I'm like, yeah, this slabs. And, you know, I'm doing the stank face on purpose, but it's not real. Yeah. And it's a shame because there are elements that are, that are attractive about it. There are, there are elements to it. There are small things that, you know, maybe it is the hook. Maybe it's a, a quick set of bars that I'm like, okay, we got something here. So I hype up the rest of it and I'm like, I just need this person to keep going because I know that six months, a year, two years from now, I'm going to be hearing that same flow, that same melody on something that we all can recognize and be like, wait a second, this is a, this is a real artist, mm-hmm. which I think everyone's just trying to get to that point. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think everyone's really trying to figure out, and that's the hardest part, where are the stepping stones to getting where you feel like you need to be? That was a hard thing to figure out. Like, what do I have to do to get better? Besides, everyone says just practice. Just practice. And of course, like, if you got to practice everything, like, it's, you got to treat it like it's a real job if you really want to get good. But, like, they don't, in music, they don't tell you how. There's nine million different ways you can get good. Or that's what, that's with all, that's with all you, content. Yeah, absolutely. That's with, that's with all internet content. That's with all production of anything, whether that be film, photos, music everything there's there is no blueprint no blueprint there's never a blueprint in fact i've come to find the less of a blueprint you try to follow the more organic your following could be that's how it's going to come off you can't because if the second you're in blueprint mode i feel like there's a lot of i don't want to say lying but there's a lot of artificial there's a lot of artificial shit out there and it's like well, this is what I was told to do next, so this is the next move because I was told it's the next move. We can have a fun conversation about this. If you want to like? Yeah, no. This is this, this is the point Jersey. of this shit. Like, Which, every artist that I've come across in Jersey. Oh, oh, fuck! <laughs> I don't free. I don't vibe with a lot of people in Jersey just because what I've noticed in the overall rap scene is fake it till you make it. Which I guess is cool, like for some stuff, but I can tell you firsthand, I've seen these artists that you probably have in your likes, that you like, if you're a local artist person, you support people, these people are in your likes, they fake streams, they fake You're everything. shitting me, they fake I hate their that. streams, they fake everything. I had an artist say to me, uh, are you going to bump it a little at the beginning? I was like, no, why would I do that? He's like, because that's what... Everyone does. Like, that. just give it a little bump. Make it look good. And I was like, why do I want it to look good? And, then, and then your fuckboy response is, well, I'm not everyone. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I guess. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. Like, why? Like, I don't care if the song sits at two plays or 200,000 plays. Like, they're not going to be fake. That's dumb. Like, you could... I could put two million streams on a song now on SoundCloud. But if there's two likes on the song, something's wrong. <laughs> and we can tell. That's what, uh, that, that's what I always realize or have figured out recently with every streetwear slash clothing brand on Instagram. I haven't, I haven't found a single account that doesn't have 200,000, 400,000, 500,000 followers. And I'm like, okay, maybe 6,000 likes is oh, shitty, but okay engagement. It's not 6,000. It's 200. It's 48. It's 102. And I'm like, that's not even like 10% of 10% of 10% of 10%. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awful. And, it's, and there's no point of it. I guess if those 28 people bought it, and it was a... Oh, and, it, and it's so expensive too. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of streetwear that's like, obviously fake streetwear. 
uh, I think one of one of my least favorites is ethnic or ethic, E T H I K, like ninety dollar hoodies, and I'm like, if you sell five of the, you've already made money, because I don't get it. Like I'm not buying. Who is buying a ninety dollar hoodie? Are they buying it because you said it was ninety dollars? So they're like, must be must be hot, and I hate it. I despise that, and I, I also dislike artists who fake their streams. What's the point? There's no point. Because there's gonna there's gonna be burnout. Exactly. There people are gonna realize that you're just faking it. People are gonna realize when no one's interacting with you and no one is is kind of supporting what kind of movement you're trying to start. You're gonna hit the bottom, and then what do you do? Like I guess boost you, your streams again. <laughs> yeah, you try and boost your streams to make yourself feel good. But at the end of the day, you fake your streams. You get to look down at a phone and say, "I did something cool." When you didn't do anything no one yeah you just you just hit yourself with a fake dopamine Ex- rush exactly like people are they're <coughs> hitting themselves and making themselves think that they're popping when there's not much going on at all I, I can never do i saw it going on and when i decided to try and do the artist thing it was going to be organic like i'm not gonna fake my instagram likes or fake my streams like like i said if i have two streams like Thanks to those two people. <laughs> but like, Shout out to the homies. Yeah, Shout out seriously. to me and my mom. Seriously. Like who, <coughs> it doesn't matter to me. Like I'm, I'm happy with the project. But there's, that's what I, one thing I'd like to change about the music scene in Jersey is, is just people's overall appearance and how they want people to look at each other. Like guys, we're all that's supposed all to be we in ca- it That's all music. we care about. Exactly. All we care about is how we are perceived. Oh yeah. And, and I don't, I don't know if that's a Jersey thing. Oh, it's everywhere. Well, that's just the world now. I mean, you got a great look. You could do a lot of cool <coughs> stuff. But like, and believe me, I want to have a look. Like, I love wearing my chains and shit. Like, I love looking cool. But they're but, but they're like, like paper clips. I love it. Yeah, because I'm not buying diamonds. I'm 22 and broke. Like, what? No. Like, I'm gonna try and figure it out. It's hot, but I would I would say that one of my favorite things is when I have an artist at my fingertips that has a SoundCloud with. A thousand plays. When I find an artist that no none of my friends have ever heard of, whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, or a YouTube video is in my suggested with like two hundred thousand views, and I'm like, hey guys, like, please be impressed by my ability to find good music, <clears throat> and that makes me feel good. And then they immediately go, wait, who is this? And that's the real way. That's the real way to do it. And I love finding that. And that's that's all that's all I want for for the small boys. I agree. A good music will spread. Good music will spread by word of mouth and a bunch of other different ways. But it's I feel like for artists who really want to take it seriously, it's how do we get the Greg's of the world who like showing people new music? How do we get it onto Greg's phone? And that's what really I'm gonna try and figure out after the album's out in full swing. I'm gonna try and push a lot of content and. Really let people know, like, guys, I'm, I'm pretty serious about this. I'd like to do, I'd like to take this music thing to the next level. And if you like the music, I, your support would be awesome. And yeah. try and have an organic type of a following like that. Yeah, I, I, f- I find myself in a role that's, like, so close to a, so close to dick riding area. And, they're, like, I've been called out on it a couple times. They're like, what, what, what are you being nice to everyone? I'm like, it's good music, though. Like, I genuinely enjoy it. There are a couple... Uh, there are a couple, only a couple songs from artists from my hometown that I'm like, well, I'm going to keep this one on repeat. This one's going to be in my likes on SoundCloud. This one's going to play right before groceries by Chance the Rapper. Like, that's how SoundCloud, that's my SoundCloud likes. That's what I'm listening to. 
And I don't do it on purpose or by accident. It's just good music. That shit is heat. Is is the third verse kind of trash? And am I going to skip it at the end? Yeah, Probably, but like, but but the first, the, the chorus is kind of hot. Yeah, it's just supporting local, local artists, which is great. Support your local talent, but only if they're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's my thing, and you can flame me for that all you want. My at is at r o b k o w a l s k s k i i. Rob Kowalski, you can flame me for that if you want. But do not support your friends if they suck at what they do. Tell them so they can find something awesome to do. But then, how, how do you... No, no. <laughs> well, I want to talk how, about this then. No, no. How do you know... How do you know as a... As just a regular music listener, as someone who doesn't know anything about anything, how do you know if there's potential or not? Like, you don't. You definitely don't. You don't. But if you have... We're, listen, we're not 16, 17, like 15 anymore. We're getting to I haven't the, been for a little bit. Exactly. Actually. We're getting to the point in our lives where we need to get kind of serious about what we want to do. Like some of us are leaving college, we're getting jobs. Some of us didn't go to college, like we just got regular jobs. Like things are getting very serious in life now. And if you got a buddy who's been rapping for six years or so, isn't really making any progress or is like Pro- let, yeah. let's let's put it this way. If you have a friend with potential, support them. Absolutely support your friends. I'm gonna clarify this statement if you have friends that do something and they're good and you want to support them or even if they have a little potential support your friends always i'm not saying don't support friends but if you have a bum lazy bad rapper for a friend tell them that i feel like that's common courtesy if someone came, <laughs> that's good. Like it's just good manners i feel like if someone came up to me and said rob we can appreciate you have a dream but music is not it and they're a respected person, and they're actually trying to help me. I'm probably gonna say thank you, and like maybe try and, and find be like, I guess do. I'll be a carpenter. And like, well, no, well, I, I'll, I'll try and figure out something else to do. But I feel like if I genuinely sucked at something, I'd want to know about it. And I, f- I also feel like I would know. I it, when you get to a certain and age, I feel like you I feel like know. I feel like after a certain period of time, like. I think I'm all right at making content in general. Like, I hopped on TikTok for four days. The fourth video I made got 10,000 views. The other three got, like, 100. And I was like, ah, oh, well, I'll do this for a little bit. Let's see how this goes. Fourth one got ten, the, the 10,000. A couple days later, I got one with, like, 5K. And I'm like, okay. That's another uh, interesting thing. Apparently, I'm not trash at it. Yeah. The, tick, the way TikTok works, and I'm not a TikTok expert because Puts glasses it's a little, on. little before me. But or a little after me, the my era of like social media, um. But that's crazy how easy it is for the regular person to make a funny video, and go off out of nowhere. The chances of going viral on TikTok are so much higher than any platform. I think it's beautiful. You you're it able le- to it levels it. It yeah. levels the playing field. You're it's a and twenty years ago, the music industry and just. I guess the creative industry in general was a completely different world. It wasn't anything how we are now. And then, I mean, I'm going to credit it to the rise of Napster, the rise and fall of Napster yeah. in like the early 2000s. I think it was 99 or 98. Um, we wouldn't be in the place we're at now without that sort of thing. Napster birthed TikTok. Think By about accident. That. Exactly. Think about that. Streaming and the way that these on-demand platforms have changed our world 
is so beyond what we can uh, comprehend, and we have no idea where it's going to go in the next 10, 20 years. We're giving these platforms that give everyone the opportunity to showcase something. Yeah, the the only thing that's scary is that on a very technical, from a very technical standpoint, a lot of these people have absolutely zero talent. And what I've realized is it's all about what we were just talking about with like supporting your local artists. There are a lot of people that hop on the app and they're like, what's good? Garwood, New Jersey, like random town. They're like, I'm from here. This is like, what's going on with me. Like pray for my mom, 2 million views immediately because it's a community. And I don't know why this happened, but it's kind of heartwarming sometimes to see, to see what happens. Yeah. And it's, and that's where the authenticity comes from. You can see when you can see when it's someone who is forcing something. You can see when it's a fabricated little thing. But then there's people who do it normally and it's like these are the people who we're going to put at the top because they were entirely and 100% themselves. And that's what nobody has the ability to do at this point in time. This podcast has gone in so many different directions. Um <laughs> It's it's crazy. It's crazy. But the, the, the tying this into something, I mean, this is exactly what I kind of go to school for. This is what we talk about. The, uh, the business we talk about of all the, the business, music part. viral marketing, uh, how things are changing, how you need to be on top of all the changes. You got to be at the, the front runners just, to, just in case there's a chance that something blows. My professor got really mad at me the other day because I'm in the A&R department here at Rowan's uh, music label called RMG. Please tell morons like me what that stands for. So RMG stands for Rowan Music Group. It's uh, Rowan's uh, music label, and I'm in the A&R department, which is artist and repertoire. My job is to find So you're French. Yeah, French. (laughs) My job is to find talent for Rowan to potentially sign to various musical deals, whether that be a single deal or an EP or album or whatever sort of project Rowan wants to do with various local talent, primarily Jersey and Philly. Um, That's kind of me and, and two other individuals' responsibility to try and find different talent. So where I'm going with this, uh, and it ties into TikTok, there's a freshman here. His name is Aunt Saunders, who had a song called Yellow Hearts. That blew up across the internet. 140 million streams on Spotify right now. He was charting on Billboard. He, it, just that, got he sounds to... like Sam Smith in that song, by the way. He's, it's a good like, song. That, that's like, who I thought that was. It's a great song. But it he just a kid from New Jersey who likes making music and made a song that popped on the TikTok platform. And because of it, Arista Records, it's a subsidiary of a very major label. Which they all are somehow. Yeah. <laughs> There's only two um, labels ever. Um, really, yeah. Uh, well, Arista Records picked him up and signed him. They gave him a deal for because he had for one, one song, song that blew up. And I mean, maybe he's got potential. I don't know him personally. I've never heard his other music, but he's. This we don't bro. even know if there is any. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he does have other music out, but his this label thought there was potential in this artist, and it was because of TikTok, and he's just a kid from Jersey. Now we signed to a major. Like it's it's unbelievable how quick life can change just like that. But my professor was mad at me because this is my job. <laughs> finding talent that we can sign and finding potential opportunities within people and artists. And I messed that one up big time. Um, how mu- I feel like he has 
a lot more I don't want to say I don't want to use the word potential again but like I feel like that's a huge horizon broadener that he's going there and not to just Roan oh yeah absolutely well listen like, I'm like that's a big move for him I'm very glad that he's going to that he's with Arista and not RMG and I have a lot of love for RMG they've taught me a lot through college but when you get to that level I think you need a certain level of skill to accompany it, to do it right. Now, what RMG does and what makes it beautiful is it is a label run entirely by the students with help from very experienced professors within the industry, but it's student-run. So local talent that might pop or things of that nature is awesome because it gives a student a chance to do jobs and get experiences that they might do at a real label. You, you get to learn the ins and outs and how things work. But when you get to Aunt Saunders level, where you have a song pop in a matter of a month. 140 million is a And that's lot. one platform. I have no idea what it's got on Apple Music or what it's got in its totality. But when you get to that level, I think you need a, a, a different caliber of of help as of, much as I would love around. to yeah, yeah, yeah. have this kid hitting me up because like we represent him that'd be so sick and it'd be awesome for Rowan but I think him going to Arista was really cool I'm personally not a fan of signing to labels I don't think I'll ever sign but I'm glad that he's gonna take a chance and and try and do it big time that's that's awesome it's so sick we're so proud of our Rowan yeah, yeah. Listen, Rowan's a good place, guys. If you're not from Rowan, take it. Also, a just realized the second your album drops, I have to write a, uh, I have to write an article about it and put it in the paper. That'd be cool. Does anyone read the paper? <laughs> people read the online shit. Oh, cool. Like people have read my articles. Like I think a couple of them have like a couple thousand reads. Nice. Like I think I flamed the Jonas Brothers and like six thousand girls read it and they're like, what? <gasps> And I was like, shut up. <laughs> Sucker is not a good song, my guy. It's just not. It was a cash grab. They're back together. Good good for you now. Yeah, but isn't that the beauty of the business? And this is what a lot of people doesn't understand. Everything that we see and we consume is a, a kind of a version of a cash grab. Like, that's just what it... Yeah. And what I thought was crazy, and I found out, and I probably should fact check this, so Don't. Someone, someone might, but the... Controversy with Lil Nas X and the country music uh, record or country music charts, rather, yeah, was staged by the label. It was a mar- really, it was a marketing plan to create some sort of uh, controversy or generate like some sort of publicity, but it worked beautifully. People really freaked out that a hip hop artist who was merging these kind of styles. Hit, hit the charts, hit the charts in a typically traditional area of music. Like, most country, you know what's country. Like, you know what's going on. Yeah. But now Lil Nas X takes the, takes the charts, and he's topping them. Topping the country charts with... He's topping a genre, everyone. A genre-blending <laughs> song. And the country community, allegedly, was not happy. But it was planned. And I think that's awesome. Like, to me, being behind those sorts of strategies that can incite... A reaction and get people to pay attention I think it's awesome and that's what it is in the, in the music industry and in news industries yeah, as a whole getting a reaction from people trying to get them to have a response and engage engagement is key yeah on the uh, on, on the note of the country charts I had read out loud uh, like to one of my roommates who, who really likes music but hates what everyone likes uh, Justin Bieber is the only artist to like top 
I think all 10 or like 10 charts or some shit because really? because of the Dan and Shay song 10,000 hours. Mm, yeah, yeah. So because that's a we're going to put it in quotes again, country song, now Justin Bieber is a number 1 country artist. Country artist, but he's obviously been a pop, he's been an EDM because of uh yeah, whatever what do you mean? Yeah, lots of uh, you know, other pop, Latin pop because of fucking Despacito. Mm-hmm. Uh I think he's has he had a song with Drake, so it counts as rap. So so he's topped R and B, he's topped hip hop. He's got ten charts, is is the point there. So he is the only artist to ever do that. And <laughs> the the person I read it out loud to was just so mad. He was like, Can we not give this kid any more? And I was like, Yeah, we, we we shouldn't. Trash new album, by the way. Just absolutely awful. Um, I didn't think it was amazing. I didn't think it was that bad, but you could tell it's I was angry because of what Purpose gave me in 2016, which was a story about who he is and what is wrong with him. Mm-hmm. And then in 2020, four years later, after he disappears off the face of the planet and is only part of No Brainer and I'm the One, both by DJ Khaled, I was expecting something. And I got literally nothing out of it. It's going. I feel like the industry as a whole is going in a very hip-hop-based direction. Yeah. Best case scenario, or best instance of that for me was uh, Ariana Grande's last album. That uh, album. What was that? It was Seven Rings? Uh, yeah. Okay. That, I thought it was a great album. I'm a big Ariana Grande fan. No, she's good. Um, and my girlfriend at the time would play it all the time. So I would hear it constantly. And I started analyzing it. And it's all hip-hop beats. Her, like little, her, little, uh, her little spaz in Seven Rings at the end where she's like, give me the loot. Like, that whole little spit, I was like, okay, I didn't know Ariana could talk that fast. <laughs> yeah, dude, she, they took it in a completely different direction, because her label and the writers associated and people involved in that project knew what was going to sell and what people were really looking for, like, what the industry is going to move toward next as far as the popular sound. Think about it. Roddy Rich has been number one. I'm not sure if he's still number one, so don't quote me on that. Uh, he, he he's might been be. number one for weeks now, because he put out and yeah, not like, yeah. By the time this comes out, maybe not so. But, yeah. But so you can't fact check us because we're in the past, guys. But um, he's been number one for weeks, and I hate when people say that the industry is a single-driven market now, because yeah, a lot of the revenue is driven from singles. But when you have albums that come out like Billie Eilish's Body of Work. When yes. you get Roddy Rich type bodies of work from artists that you weren't really expecting a beautiful, cohesive piece of work. And then they hand you that. It speaks for itself. I know Roddy's been around for a long time. Like Roddy's got a bunch of songs out. But when he showed what he could do, when he got his say, when he could really put out something he was proud of, look how it worked for him. He's the top selling hip hop artist right now. He's dethroned baby from the charts. And he's taken... Kind yes. of his own thing. However, yeah. However, DaBaby, I think is still going to be the top uh, feature grab for the next couple months. I agree. Because I don't think people can rock with Roddy the way Roddy moves. Well, Roddy's very selective. I, I was watching a Roddy interview, and he said he turned down several offers for features for over a hundred thousand dollars, which is just because he doesn't care about the money. Like, well, like well, what we were going I, he's, back to he's also he's also very he's very himself. His mm-hmm. Like I just can't imagine his, his his movement on tracks, whether that be vocally or or pitch wise, for that to for that to mesh with, 
just somebody. Just just somebody who wanted a feature from the, the number one. Mm-hmm. baby goes with everyone. Oh, yeah. baby's like uh, 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 salt. <laughs> he, I feel he is kind of salty in that way. He, he can kind of do whatever he wants. He has a very similar flow for just about everything. I know I saw some stuff of him trying to experiment, but the way his flow is structured just kind of works over, over different hip-hop style, hip-hop based, if you will, type of stuff. Like, DaBaby took that Meg The Stallion song and took it to a new level. Cash? Cash uh, it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. That, I thought he was always on it. Uh, Maybe he was. Uh, I'm not sure. But it maybe, doesn't matter. I, I don't yeah. like it for Meg. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like, people like it for DaBaby and, like, what he's doing with it. So, I, I, I don't know. I feel like the way that hip-hop has been influencing pop as a whole is a really beautiful thing. And it opens up a lot of doors for producers. Yeah, um, and and my favorite is when, uh, when things get meshed together, when a- any any set of genres get meshed together, and that's why I think that the subgenres need to exist on Apple Music, because you said you're a fan of Juice World. How do you feel about Ring Ring? Have you ever heard that song? No. It's off of a uh, it's off of Death Race for Love. It is my favorite song, literally of all time, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. It features a guitar as the full-on bass line and then adds not actually that much trap and uh, hip-hop synth to it. But it is. And it, and it meshes his auto-tune with an auto-tune of the guitar. And if you remember from Justin Bieber's album, do you remember that Clever guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clever. Um, Clever he, Clever is of... on that song and that's the only reason I know about him. And he he just came out with a song called All Bad because Juice World passed away and that's what the song was about. But it's my favorite feature of all time and it's so funny and it hypes me up for Juice World's chorus again for the final one. And it's and it's a beautiful song and it's it's different. It just meshes well. It it meshes well with guitar. I, I like when they do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like Thank you for being a little bit different. That's all I need. That's another cool thing that you bring up, actually. Meshing different genres with what's currently, like, popping. I, I know personally, as a, uh, now that I'm back in producer mode, that the album is done, um, I've been trying to experiment with a lot of new sounds. Trying to figure out where I want to try and steer the artists that I work with, what direction I'd like them to go in. Uh, and I've been making a lot of stuff that's influenced by alternative music. Like, I've been on a huge Mayday Parade kick the past couple oh, of weeks. Oh, okay. I love that stuff, that type of music, and the, the way they structure their songs and what they're talking about and how it catches people's attention. Like, the emotional response that I get from Mayday Parade-type music is completely different than what you get from a good hip-hop song. I'm trying to figure out how I can bring Do that both. feeling into both. So I'm meshing a lot of, like, distorted guitars and this chugging type style and listen i grew up playing like i learned instruments on metal music and and all that sort of stuff i'm very used to that sort of stuff but i want to take them and and mesh them together and get like a mayday type singer artist and just make something really different and beautiful i feel like that could be fun and i'm very curious as to where the industry is going to go from where we've been talking about what is your process when you set out to make a song or do you just do you just mesh shit together do you just um, do you just start tapping do you put a hi-hat in first what, what's your move 
my process obviously is, no 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 blueprint but yeah what is it <laughs> so there's no real blueprint to when I, I make stuff of course I have like a strategy in my head when I'm with clients because the key is how swift you can be with what you want to do and how well you can execute it and what in the time you have okay so on a client basis I, I'm moving really quick and I'm, I'm thinking in an instant when I'm making stuff and I have time to really work on it I usually hear something in my head and then figure out how to bring that to life. Okay. So I I play the piano a lot. Like I try and be as good as I can at that so I can figure out how to how to say musically what I want to say and then incorporate that into my primarily hip hop driven style. Um so of course I love like R&B type stuff but anyway, I'll often start with a melody because I feel like that determines your groove. Okay, That'll yeah. determine how your swing might be or what uh, what mood it might give your your listener uh, the the feeling that insight is is incited from your melody so I'll often start with a very like a basic e piano or something just so I can hear it at its rawest form and figure out what sound might work um I'm a big synth guy there's a synth called omnisphere oh okay, so, I think I've heard of that. Really, really, really popular plugin for for hip hop and producers and, and various genres in general, but huge, huge plugin. All these beautiful sounds, and I'll often find myself, I made a melody, I have it played out, and now I'm just scrolling through different presets to see what might incite that feeling for me. And I'll get a preset, maybe it's like a bell or a block or whatever the hell it is, a synth. And I'll tweak it. I'll, I'll make it my own. I'll, I'll figure out what needs to go, what needs to be added. Maybe I add a second layer of instruments or maybe I add. And from that point, as soon as you get your first sound that's going to stick in the song, it's just all building blocks from there. You already have it in your head. You yeah. know what structure you want to go with, how dynamic you want it to be, loud, fast, slow. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But once you get that idea down, it's very easy for me to just take off. Um you're in a flow state yeah you're just in a you're you're when people say you just get locked in like when someone looks like they're really locked into what they're doing you're not thinking about anything going on you are zoned into in my case a screen and just working doing what you got to do to get the track done before that kind of feeling runs out which is the worst but um yeah there's no there's no set process it just depends on what you feel like making that day like i i know i can't make happy music if i'm not happy that day it doesn't work. That's, that's the next thing I was going to ask. Where do your lyrics come from? Um, so I, I was... I've been trying to write songs for forever. I did a lot of like John Mayer type stuff when I was in high school. Like, I've been trying to work on songwriting for a while. And uh, over the course of being a producer the past couple of years, I've witnessed different writing processes from artists that I work with. And I kind of picked and choose what I like from, from each person, what was most effective, and kind of made my own strategy. Um, my lyrics mostly come from real-life situations, as general as they might be, because I still want them to be relatable to a lot of people. But everything comes from life. Um, there are various things that we all go through, whether it be breakups or uh, parties and you're trying to get really lit, or whether it be just a college life or high school life in general. Um, but the overall theme of the project is taking flight. That's why it's called flight, obviously. Um, the big theme amongst the songs is 
taking your current situation and making it different, flying away, if you will, to whatever destination you feel like you want to be at. And you can get there through hard work. And of course, there's going to be times you're having a blast. And of course, there's times that you're really, really down and you kind of don't want to do any of it. And the album, I feel like, reflects that whole thought process of, of wanting to be somewhere else in different situations like love and exciting moments like parties and just just life in general it's just trying to figure out that next like taking flight to your next place and that was kind of like a big thing for me or at least that's what I realized after I had written I made like 20 songs for the project and I picked like the nine that I liked um and that seemed to be the overall theme just like getting to that next stepping stone, getting to that next place, whether it be flight talking about death or flight talking about what we were just talking about going to the next place. It's all about moving on. Moving up. Yeah, moving on and moving up. And that was kind of like big. So to bring it back to songwriting, not to stray too far, but that's pretty much how like, what do you want the song to be about and how are you going to convey it? How are you going to execute it? In a catchy way that's interesting to people. I love that. I didn't. I didn't know how much uh, meaning behind the album there was. I knew. Uh, I don't know if it was track five. What's the uh, What's the experience track? Is that what it is? That is track. Uh, I believe that is track four or five. Yeah, fog. Because I remember you said that while we were all around listening to it, you were like, "This is gonna be weird. Everybody enjoy," and that was the one that I had honed in on. And I was like, "This is, this is my." This is my Sugar by by Brockhampton. This is my Nights by Frank Ocean. This is the song. And it, it is five minutes, right? Yeah, no. It's, yeah, it's so this is... So, so, so it was. It was the song. And we've been talking so much about the future and how things are going, whether that be with the music industry or with you taking flight. I don't know how far I can throw this forward. Where are you going to be in 10 years? Or if you want to go with five? Because um, things change so fast, so it's not even easy to predict. You're right. There's a, there's a lot of different places I would like to see myself in five to ten years. Um, if I stick to the music thing and I take the artist thing seriously, God willing, there's a sign that I can do it. Um, I would love to take that serious full time. I'm still going to try and get a job. Like I'm still going to sell beats and supplement my income as many ways as I can um, to do the things I really want to do. But in five to ten years, if I keep doing the artist thing, I would like to be doing uh, bigger performances bigger stage, major stages, uh, I would like to move quick. And I feel like I could do it if I was given the opportunity, only because I feel like I'm eager to learn and I went to school for navigating the industry. So hopefully I can kind of wean out the different bullshit that other people might have to go through just because I've already had someone experience tell me what to look out for. Um, do you have any, uh, I call them stupid goals, like very specific, like that you can see from now on. I have two, I have one for the podcast where it's me and my co-host, rest in peace, Dean, uh, fuck college where we're in New York and we're, we're looking out a glass window directly at a central park. And I could, I could see us just setting up with a sick studio. I see that. And the second one is uh, I'm dance battling Jaden Smith by the time I'm 30. That's it. That's all I know. So do you have anything like that? Do you have a dumb, uh, like, I have one moment that I know is going to happen? Um, I wouldn't say I have a moment that I am confident will happen. I know I have a moment that is 
a fantasy to me in my head. Um, and that for me would be a rolling loud type of type of ordeal where I try and play it realistic in my head so I'm not like the headliner, like I'm not the Uzi or whatever, like I'm just a bigger but artist. You're like the my... middle name. Um, no, not even the middle name. Like, like you can, you can see it. <laughs> I would like to be like a cool, like top tier artist at like a Rolling Loud and see myself on stage, looking out into the sea of people that are blasting like Crash, for instance, on my album Go Stream Crash. Um, Go Stream that, Flight. Fuck Crash. You'll was... start with that, but go Go Stream Flight right now. Apple Music, Spotify. Not SoundCloud, fuck you, you're paying for it. Um, but I feel like that's the ultimate fantasy. Like, looking out amongst a, a sea of people and seeing them jump in and, and having a great time to your music. I think that's the ultimate fantasy. Um, a realistic goal would be to have some sort of minor success in music to make it a, a supplementary income to whatever else I'm doing and just create five or six different solid streams of income. A couple of my buddies who do this music on the side make a couple thousand every couple months just because of their streaming royalties, which is awesome. Like they're, they're full-time artists, but they also have full-time lives. Like they love being creative and they love having a regular job and they might not sleep much because there's obviously so much to do, but they have a blast and they live really happy lives and they're comfortable. They're not that's, struggling. That, that's really the main move is, is to be happy. Exactly. To be happy and to be comfortable. And I feel like a lot of people miss that point, and that's what I feel like is happening at college. I know a couple of my friends are having to either quit school or quit their jobs because you can see that I don't want to put it on the concept of responsibility, but it's like it was too much too fast, and it genuinely makes them unhappy. And I'm like, they're like, but I love what I do. And I'm like, I know. I know you like what you do. I, I know what you want to do. But it seems like too much, and so not that I'm not that I'm supporting my friends dropping out, but I am because mm-hmm. happiness comes first. Of course, they gotta have a backup plan. They gotta have everything going. And I don't think a lot of us had realized it until college. Until had come. junior year of college. But anyway, especially for me when I got to college to go across your point, everyone has. A different process and a different way that they want to go about their lives and I guess since I was a kid it's always been like you're gonna to go to school you're gonna to go to high school you're gonna to go to college you're gonna get a degree and then you get a job and that's what's been driven into my brain for I almost 22 years now that's what um, same on my end and I, I notice more and more every day that that's I, not the norm I, I, well, I, I mean maybe it is a it norm, is the norm but, but I tell people on a consistent basis I go I got I got a year left. I got to start doing shit. They're like, what do you mean you got a year left? I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be happy from the second I graduate on. Because if I'm locked in, you know, locked in flow state on something I fucking don't want to do, that's going to suck. I, it was such a weird conversation I had with uh, my, my dad. He was asking about, like, how my interviews were going for internships. He was like, did you, you know, was it, in, did it interest you? And I went, <laughs> no. And he went, well, what do you mean? I was like, what do you mean? What do I mean? It, that didn't look like fun. And obviously, it's a job. It's not fun. But that's what I've been told. Mm-hmm. That it's not going to be fun. And I'm like, why does it have to be not fun? I feel like that's why I did what I did. Because I came to school to Rowan as a freshman as a business major. General business major. 
So I, I would have got a job at, at some corporation and, and pretty much been a corporate slave making $55,000 a year for however many for, years. For three years to, and then move up to 75. Yeah, and then live my life. Like, and then they pay for your master's by the time you're 36. You'll have your master's start making 112 k a year. And then your wife also has to get a job to support your fucking kids. And life but is okay. Some people can do that. And some people, it makes them very happy, like, having their spare time to be able to do whatever they want with the money they make. And they might make good money, 112 150 and upwards, $1,000 a year. Like, that's awesome. Good for them. But I feel like even if I was making 55 65 doing the things that I love... I would rather do I that. I would be much more motivated to double and triple that and figure out what I want to do. I mean, as a, an entrepreneur and an artist, you need to figure out how you're going to make what you do as sustainable as a regular job. you got to figure out how to be a regular person and have a regular life off of a creative concept, uh, a creative job and a creative concept. And that's where some people get it wrong is that now you need to manage five, six, seven, as many as you want sources of income. You gotta have several things going. Hold on, I'm gonna pause you because this has an hour limit, cause, and I want to keep going. And we're back. Okay. Um, Literally got you mid sentence. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Creative concept was the last oh, thing that came out. So, when people, so when when we get these classes taught to us in the music industry here, they're very realistic with us, and that's kind of why I like Rowan because they're not gonna fluff and beat around the bush and say you're all gonna be very successful. They tell us, some of you aren't gonna hit at all. Some of you might, some of you might be successful. Some of you might be average, some of you might just get by. But don't stop doing what you're doing. And I don't want that to contradict my previous statement when I said that if you have a friend that's really shitty at something and you know that they're good at something else, encourage them to do what they're good at. I know it might contradict that. I'm more so saying... Everything is situational. I wouldn't... Uh, contradiction is, very, is yeah. on a daily, if not hourly basis. Yeah. So... What was the point of that? They tell us, if you actually want to make it, you got to work 10 times harder than the next guy. Because there's going to be someone... That's for everything. There's going to be someone working 10 times harder than you around the clock. And you could apply that to, like you said, every career and every job that you have. But when you get into the music industry... Best example is sports. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you want to be a sports star, you literally need to eat, sleep, breathe, whatever sport that is. That's how you get to the top. Same thing in music. And even if you do, you might not make it. You got to have... You got to understand the importance of a network, having a really solid, reliable group of people that need you as much as they you need them. Um, and that's what I loved about... Uh, the clientele of who was here on Saturday for the listening party, I had a conversation with Jenny for like 45 minutes and literally because, you know, a couple drinks. She was like, well, what do you want to do? And we just had a conversation. She was like, you know, if you just want to make shit forever, stick with this group of people. We don't stop making things. And I was like, that's all I want to hear. And there's, uh, do you know who Gary Vee is? Mm-hmm, yeah. Every time I bring him up, people don't know who he is. And I'm like, how? But... Uh, one of his last videos was he was like, I would rather the concept of you don't have to live shitty because one of his bi- big things is don't live high, live low, and then make more money. Um, he was like, grab four of your friends, get a pad, and then work. And don't stop working. And then all of you, whether you have the same goal, slightly different goals, and then just start making shit. And I was like, yes. 
that 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 sounds like the only move and i've had that in my head for like a little bit now and i'm like that's that's really what i want to do for a little bit at least Mm -hmm. obviously we want the end goal of you know everything of success and everything working out but if that's the middle step that's a that's a cool ass middle step especially Mm -hmm. if it's with people that i not only vibe with as friends but on a professional on a professional and creative level that's very that that's who i want around me at all times anyway if i'm the sum of the five people around me and everybody at school is dropping out and depressed as fuck i i gotta like i've been i've had to be real strong with who i'm around yeah, you because gotta start I, cutting people. Because I'm, st- I'm starting to, I'm starting to fucking go down point five on a daily basis with who I'm around. I got people who can't sleep texting me. I got people who are drinking themselves to sleep to do that, and I'm like, I, okay, uh, okay, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break from you guys, and it, and it's, and it's difficult, and it's so painful seeing it, and I want to help, but I just want to make moves. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to do. That's everyone's goal at the end of the day is, is making the moves and the best way to execute it. And I really think that's what a lot of what I've been saying here tonight has to uh, goes to sum up. Everything's about the way you execute it. Whether you call the right person, you post at the right time, you make the right music, you do what you got to do. Figuring out your moment is crucial. And having the knowledge behind it to better recognize when that moment might be is so much more key than people might realize. So I think that's why we talked about Rowan Music and how they've taught me how to navigate this industry to an extent, um, which of course you can't really figure it out until you get real experience, but working at studios and dealing with clientele and dealing with people that have had chances to made it and make it and have are waiting for their chances to get it and just seeing every different type of person that you might experience within this industry really helps you try and figure out what the right way for you personally to do it is yeah because there are, there are so many different ways of doing things there are some there are some one-off SoundCloud rappers and then there's Russ who made a what a song every day or every week for three four years whatever it was and despite russ being an asshole we all know who russ is and am i going to stream his new album absolutely am i going to like every second of it no maybe maybe but but am i going to hate him for every second of it yes (laughs) but he makes good music now he he's made a thousand that's not how math works but he's made a thousand songs and he put in his ten thousand hours he put in his twenty thousand hours probably and that's what, and that's that's also the execution. When I was talking about sports, is I was like, I want to be the starting striker at Rowan, and my coach pointed at someone. And he went, "Well, that kid is up at five. and I went, "Okay, I don't want I don't want to be the starting striker anymore. Can I come on at the twenty fifth minute?" And he was like, "Nope, that kid gets up at six. And I was like, "Fuck you! How do I be lazy?" And that's how do you do both? Which is how do you be lazy and how do you make moves at the same time? It's so weird. Laziness is the biggest threat to a successful career. It's being lazy. I find myself scrolling down Instagram and YouTube shit all the time. I'm just as like everyone goes through that. 
but when you you need to however you do need to consume content to make content absolutely i'll be absolutely you got to be very much so up on trends and what's going on and who's posting what and you do need to pay attention so some of that time scrolling and, and nonsense is productive but when it goes over that productiveness when you're scrolling through food videos for six hours what are you doing like yeah you didn't do it right no you didn't you're not studying content you're not doing anything you're wasting your time like be productive and i have friends like that they'll facetime in the middle of the day doing absolutely fucking nothing like go make videos promoting songs go write a new song go play learn a fucking instrument or something like do something that could help your career like if you call me and i'm sitting at my desk and you're not doing something what the fuck are you doing like outwork me outwork the next guy like Make me feel stupid for telling you to work. Make me the lazy guy. That's what I want to see out of, out of people who are really driven to do what they want to do. And that's important. You need to surround yourself, like you said, with like-minded, motivated Cause, cause individuals. Because then, then it becomes easy. Oh, yeah. Because then it becomes easy. I, I could imagine right now, if you create a roster of the people that were here on Saturday, you toss those five people in like a, you all got to pay rent in the same place, you all get a small-ass room... But you're allowed to have your camera. You're allowed to have your setup. Bitch, there's going to be a photo shoot every two days. There's going to be video content for... Di- one, of the, one of the kids is going to start vlogging. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it'll never stop because someone will walk into the kitchen and be like, yo, fuck dinner. I haven't made a song in a little bit. And that's what needs to happen instead of someone walking into my living room and going, you want to get wings at Chickies? And I'm like, I just spent money. He's like, but wings. And I'm like, God damn it. Oh, listen, I'm not saying don't indulge every once in a while. I definitely nah, every I night. <laughs> indulge more than most people. Like I am, I'm still a senior in college. I love going to bars. I love going out with friends or the little that I have. <laughs> I keep close. I love going out. Like I'm a big fan of having a good time and, and being involved in a social setting, especially if you're not an inherently social person when you're trying to develop a network. But you just gotta, you gotta realize when enough is enough and when to go to work. And do what you gotta do. I couldn't have gone through an entire album. I couldn't have made 20 songs in a year if I was going out every day and waking up and watching YouTube and doing fucking nothing. There were definitely days I did it, but there were a lot of days that I didn't. And I really went to work. Would you... Hmm, I don't know how I want to phrase this. Would, would you have traded any of those days in either direction? Like, do, yeah. are there some days that... Do you wish that the... Uh, let's say it was once a week. Do you wish that the 52 times you went out this week that it was only 22? Yeah, absolutely. If I go out and I realize that it wasn't worth going and I wasn't enjoying myself and I could have stayed home and made songs, I absolutely would have would have done that over going to get a beer or two at the bar. Absolutely. But there are there's still a part of me that's like, you only get to be 21 once. Like, have something cool to look back on, but also, like, keep your priorities in check. And that's a balance that I haven't noticed in, in a lot of people. Um, and what I would like to see from a, a lot of people. I feel like people could get a lot of fucking shit done if they had a little bit of a balance. And Find your balance. Uh, immortal plug. Everyone go follow the Immortal brand on Instagram. But, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is... And that's with, that's with everything, and that's the biggest issue because we have to balance everything that exists. And the biggest battle that I, I'm finding with a lot of my friends is obviously mental health, but then I have friends, I'm, I'm like, how do, you, how do you do what you do? And they're like, 
I can't do homework tonight. I got to I got to be okay with myself tonight. I'm going to have a mental breakdown if I do homework. It's like you do have to find that it's still due tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like you know that you the quiz didn't go away. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where the balance happens and we all are so not good at it. None of oh, us yeah. are. No one is. No one is. I find the most I respect a lot of people when they take the balance to the extreme. I had a roommate when I was a sophomore, and I'm not going to say his name, but he would go out every single night. Okay. Do a bunch of drugs, like, take a bunch of girls home, like, really live that stereotypical college lifetime, and then went to class in the morning for medicine and engineering, and would be in class for six, seven, eight hours a day, do another six hours of homework... And do it all again. And that lifestyle was bizarre to me. And I definitely couldn't handle it myself. And that's where that's not balanced because we're asleep. Well, he would sleep two, three hours. Like, he would do... Well, listen, if you're trying to be really successful with something, you can't get eight hours of sleep. You definitely don't need eight hours of sleep. Well, first of all, it's seven and a half. That's the, okay, that's the actual scientific hours. one. If you're working harder than most people, you're getting two to three hours of sleep a night. That's just kind of my mentality. Looks like I gotta up my fucking shit, boys. <laughs> yeah, I feel like sleep is... For the week. To put it, for lack of better words, that's kind of been my mentality lately. I don't need sleep. I have plenty of time to sleep when I'm older, and I have the things that I want to have, and I'm happy with the situation that I'm in. I can sleep all damn day long. But I'd rather sleep and wake up and go get in rolls than sleep and wake up on a cardboard box. That's... Kind of the thing. I would rather sleep way longer, rest in life, know that I've made something beautiful, than kind of waste it away now being a a young adult, going out a lot and not really caring about like what's going on in my head. That's kind of like a, a thing to me. And what I hope would separate me from, from other people and find like-minded individuals. Yeah, and you can't be tired if you're doing something that you like. And, you and could I, be tired. No, <laughs> no. I've been hearing a lot. Well, it, even with myself, guess when I fall asleep? In class. I only fall asleep in class. I don't fall asleep when I'm when I'm working on something. I I never fall asleep when I'm thinking about ideas for how to bring myself forward or bring myself up if we're going to reference back to flight. Never. I'm never falling asleep during that. Because I'll go to sleep when I go to sleep. But if I'm in class and I'm like, oh, I'm bored. I don't really like this. That's when I fall asleep. Yeah. So you can keep Listen, working. I hate class. Class is, is stupid, but it's also very important. So stay in school if you're in school. But don't drop out. Don't drop out unless you have to. But yeah, it's I guess I guess everything across what we talked about tonight is is heavily opinionated and it's all incredibly subjective. But everything is. But this is kind of this is kind of where we at. But I want to thank you for having me on the podcast and letting me talk about the album and the project and the various processes. That was, it's been fun. It's been a good time. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear it again and then analyze the absolute shit out of it. Absolutely. Everyone, uh, Flight will be out Thursday, February 27th. Uh, that morning, you wake up and stream it. Um, you'll probably hear this after the fact. So if you are, please go stream the album. Follow me on Instagram at Rob Kowalski, two eyes at the end. Um, and yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Wrapping it up. Catch you guys in the next one.